Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. This is episode 14. Why are women dying in the military? Now that's a pretty heavy question, isn't it? Death is always possible when you enlist in the military, right? Yeah, it is. If they die from enemy combat. Parents who see their daughters enlist in the military don't expect them to die, but that's exactly what happens. Our first stop, Colleen, Texas, USA. Another young woman at Fort Hood has been found dead. Anna Basaldua Ruiz was only 20 years old when she passed. Fort Hood has a bad reputation for female sexual assault and murder, and they've earned it. Fort Hood has been watched closer than mac and cheese baked in the oven on Thanksgiving Day. Why? Vanessa Gillian. She was also a 20-year-old woman who spoke up about sexual harassment and ended up dead. She was killed by another soldier who, instead of facing his crimes, killed himself. Now, here we are again. But the army is saying there's no evidence of foul play. They claim they'll do a proper investigation and address any harassment concerns. I find that to be a very convenient statement for the military. Sexual harassment and murder has gone on in the military longer than you or I have been alive. And there's a reason for that. They get away with it. The only reason 14 army officials, some of them high-ranking, were suspended or relieved of command? Vanessa Gillian. Her story went viral. There were protests. One of the families I'm going to talk about never got justice for their child. The Rand Royal Center did a study and found, and I quote, women at Fort Hood had a far higher risk of sexual assault than the average woman in the army. Researchers found that the total sexual assault risk to army women at Fort Hood in 2018 was 8.4% compared with a 5.8% risk for all women in the army. 8.4% than all women in the army. That's pretty alarming, right? So if we're aware of this, why are women still dying on that base? Private Ana Basodua Ruiz was a combat engineer. She joined the army in 2021 and served only 15 months. She died on March 13th, 2023. As of now, the army hasn't given any information on how she died. According to Telemundo News, her mother, Alejandra Ruiz Zarco, Anna told her she was being harassed by an army superior and she was targeted for repeated sexual harassment on the base. Her mom lives in Mexico and spoke to Anna just five days before she died. Her daughter told her that she was very sad and she was going through very difficult things, that things were not as normal as she thought, and she said she couldn't tell me much, but there was going to be a moment when we were going to be together and she could tell me everything. My opinion, that doesn't sound like a girl who was going to kill herself to me if she hoped to see her mother and talk to her. She was very close to her father as well. Baldo Basadua said she told him her whole life was wrong and that she wanted to die. If you're a woman being sexually harassed on a toxic army base, I think that's quite normal to say, 
but who's to say she actually ended her life? If she told her family she was being harassed, that tells me she wanted help, not death. Now, the FBI is involved, but they're not saying anything. Our next stop is Balad, Iraq. Now, I've had my eyes on this young woman's story for years. Private Lavinna Johnson of the United States Army. Like Ghislaine and Balsadua, Private Johnson was very close to her family as well. She was only 19 when she died, days before her 20th birthday. Army says her death was a suicide, but her family says no. On July 19, 2005, she was found dead from a gunshot wound. After investigating Johnson's death for only a month, the Army claims she shot herself in the mouth with her M16 rifle. Her parents, John and Linda Johnson, stated two days before she died, they talked to their daughter and she was excited about coming home for Christmas. Her father said she told us not to decorate the tree until she got home. Her mother told Dateline, we said we'd wait for her, of course. She was so happy to be coming home. That doesn't sound like suicide to me, folks. How about you? Now, a father and a mother know their daughter better than anyone, right? John says Lavinna couldn't have shot herself in the mouth with the M16 because her arms were too short. And the M16 would have left a bigger wound than what he saw in the crime scene photos. Dr. Johnson asked the Army if a rape kit and autopsy had been performed on his daughter. They said no. They wanted the family to have a closed casket funeral. But the family refused and conducted an autopsy on their daughter themselves. And what they found contradicted what the army concluded. Her remains were so mutilated, her family didn't recognize her. Here's what they found. Acid burns on her inner thighs. Her genital area had massive bruising and lacerations. A corrosive material had also been poured on her vagina. In addition to the bullet wound in her head, one of her eyes were hanging from the socket. She had a broken nose and several teeth were loosened. She also had scratch marks and teeth imprints on her upper body. Her back and her right hand had been burned by a flammable liquid that was lighted. Military gloves had been glued to her hands. Yes, the hand the army claims she used to pull the trigger... Acid burns were found on this hand. She was also fully clothed inside a KBR contractor's burning tent with a trail of blood tracking from outside the tent to the inside. Now she did all that? She poured acid on her vagina and her hands before shooting herself? Either she was one of the Avengers or the army thinks we're fools. John believes his daughter may have been raped and murdered as part of a cover-up. And so do I. So do a lot of people. Petitions have circulated and people want this case to be reopened. And it should be. Because Private Johnson didn't do all that to herself. This little girl enlisted so she could pay her way through college. She was a high school honor student. And her daddy said, when you come and tell me my 19-year-old daughter didn't value life and that's all she did, she valued all life. Her mother said, she would never do this. Our Lavina would never do this to herself. Someone did. Someone took her from us. And of course, the army is denying it. Christopher Gray, 
Chief of Public Affairs for the Criminal Investigation Command, stated an official investigation determined Levena's death was a tragic suicide. No, it wasn't. According to Gray, Tragically, there are many misrepresentations of the facts being circulated on the internet that are false and unsubstantiated. What's false about acid poured on a vagina? How do you make that up? Her father says, they plucked out part of my heart. I can't get it back, but I'm going to fight until I get justice for her. We're going to keep doing what we can to keep our story alive. I believe in keeping private Lavinna Johnson's story alive, too. That's why she's a part of this podcast episode. If you see her petition on the Internet, please sign it. We need to do all we can for this young woman's family to get justice for her. This young woman went to serve her country. She was a good student and a law-abiding citizen. She didn't deserve to have her life taken at 19. Our next stop, South Korea. In March of 2021, a South Korean female Air Force officer was found dead after she complained of sexual abuse. Like Fort Hood, 15 people were disciplined, including arrest and disciplinary action taken against a dozen Air Force officials. According to the BBC, she was an Air Force Master Sergeant who was allegedly sexually abused by a male colleague in a car when she was heading to base from a dinner meeting. After she reported it to superior officers, they forced her to settle privately with the colleague, and the superior officers tried to cover it up. She allegedly killed herself at her home. Former South Korean President Moon Jae-in issued an apology and ordered the incident to be investigated, including the military's response. He said, I'm very sorry to the people over such an evil practice in the barracks culture that led to the tragic and unjust death. Afterwards, a male master sergeant was arrested in June, and dozens of officers were met with disciplinary action for attempting to cover up the case and forcing her to settle privately with the perpetrator, and two, destruction or leaking of evidence. South Korea's military also had another case. The case of Bayan Hee Su, a transgender soldier who was forced to quit the military. She was also found dead at her home, and it was reported she died by suicide. Bayan Hee Su was 23 when she died in March of 2021. She was South Korea's first transgender soldier. After having gender reassignment surgery, she was forced out of the military. She was found dead after a mental health counselor made a report to emergency services she hadn't been heard from. She enlisted in 2017 and had gender confirmation surgery in 2019 in Thailand. The defense ministry classified the loss of male genitals as a mental or physical handicap. In 2020, a military panel ordered her to be discharged. South Korea doesn't allow transgender people to join the military. Bayan appeared at a press conference at the time and asked to be allowed to serve. She said, I'm a soldier of the Republic of Korea. Serving in the military has always been my childhood dream. Putting aside my sexual identity, I want to show everyone I can be one of the great soldiers defending this country. Please give me that chance. According to a local mental health care clinic, 
Bayan had tried to kill herself prior to her death. In October 2021, after her death, it was reported she won her case against the military. The Dejian District Court ruled it was unlawful for the Army to force her to discharge, and it ruled by law she was female, and for the Army to rescind the wrongful discharge. However, it should be noted the Army refused to recognize Bayan Hisu's death as dying in the line of duty. The deaths of South Korean soldiers are classified in three categories, death in action, death on duty, and general death. The Army classified Bayan's death as a general death. The panel had nine members, five civilian experts, and four active duty soldiers. This panel said Bayan's death had no significant causal connection with her military service. Now, what does that mean? They acknowledged her as a soldier, so her family received financial compensation, including money for her funeral. But 33 civics groups, including the Center for Military Human Rights Korea, weren't happy with the Army's decision. They called it a discriminatory move. They said, the military is not acknowledging Staff Sergeant Bayan as a soldier, and it is shirking its responsibility because Bayan was transgender. The refusal to acknowledge her as having died in the line of duty is clearly a discriminatory act, it said. Now, if you know anything about South Korea, this shouldn't be surprising. They are very conservative when it comes to sexuality and gender identity. It is not very welcoming of LBGTQ rights, and many gay and transgender people have to hide who they are. Now, while it's legal for civilians, South Korea bans gay soldiers from having sex with same-sex partners. If they're caught, they may face up to two years in prison. Not every country is the U.S., and even in the U.S., we have conservatives who are intolerant of gay and trans people but it's even worse for people around the globe. That's why I'm so against people trying to out their faves on the internet. You have no idea how they're living in their countries. You think you do, but you really don't. I say all the time, you don't know how people live behind closed doors. The intolerance of gender identity and sexuality a country may consider out of the norm may take a toll on a person's mental health. Behind the lights and cameras and awards, you just don't know, and it's best to leave it alone. People's lives shouldn't be put on display for likes and views on social media. Our next stop, Pakistan. In 2003, a female flying officer in the Pakistan Air Force stated a male supervisor inappropriately touched and made raunchy jokes and indecent comments to her and her female colleagues. She claims while she wasn't physically assaulted, the supervisor's actions invoked unbearable psychological trauma. She said she never reported him. She simply tried to erase it from her mind until the Me Too movement in the U.S. ignited memories and gave her the courage to speak out. According to her, militaries around the world are difficult to navigate for women. Why? Militaries are more than 90% male and are internally associated with aggression and toxic masculinity. Historically, rape was and still is used as a weapon of war. No matter what country you're in, sexual aggression is ingrained into militaries. 
It's like a rite of passage for men to be sexually aggressive towards women. Let's look at some stats. In Israel, 893 cases of sexual assault were reported in 2018. In the United States, 15,000 members of the U.S. military were sexually assaulted. In the U.K., 4 in 10 military women were victims of sexual violence. And in Canada, in 2016, it was estimated 27% of Canadian women in armed forces face sexual abuse. And these are just the countries that report sexual abuse. Some countries report very little abuse or none at all. It's difficult to find the actual number of women sexually abused in India, Peru, North Korea, and Syria because these countries seldom report it. The structure of the military in any country isn't designed for women to report abuse and receive justice. Misogyny is the vehicle men drive to suppress the voices of women. The concept I created, a misogyny, was inspired by conservatives banning Roe versus Wade in my country, the U.S. But a misogyny isn't used to advocate solely for women in the U.S. We advocate for female victims around the world. In all countries, women are blamed for provoking men to sexually assault them. Yes, I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. The behavior of women and how they dress is called into question instead of addressing male behavior. If a woman reports sexual abuse, she has to deal with being labeled a whore or a liar or trying to cause trouble for some poor, misunderstood man. In conservative countries like Pakistan or North Korea, a heavy concept of virginity and what makes a woman virtuous silences women. Reporting sexual violence brings stigma against the women, not the men. Shame to the families being viewed as poor marriage material. Sometimes these are factors women have to face. Female soldiers sometimes take the brunt of the abuse and try to brush it off to advance in a male-dominated arena. This brings psychological consequences not only for them, but for other women they may try to suppress from reporting abuse. Another problem, military law is different from civilian law. Military is a whole new world and a whole other ball game. Soldiers aren't allowed to talk to media about sexual abuse. There's a lot of red tape or national security laws that help perpetrators to hide from punishment. Cases for sexual violence are often heard in military courts dominated by men operating under military law that allows men to escape accountability. This includes male superiors. How traumatizing is it for a female soldier who complains of sexual harassment or abuse where the perpetrators outrank them? And what happens to the women who come forward? Retaliation. And who's going to stop these high-ranking perpetrators from retaliating against the victims? Mommy and daddy at home? No. That's how America's daughters, Pakistan's daughters... South Korea's daughters, daughters around the world, end up dead, murdered or by their own hand, sometimes with unanswered questions and no justice for the families. Anna Basadua Ruiz told her family she was being harassed. Private Lavina Johnson's family said she was happy and excited to come home for Christmas. Very different families with things in common. 
Their daughters ended up dead while serving in the U.S. Army. If you have family in the military, listen to them. Watch for signs. Take note if something doesn't look or sound right. Now, this episode was for female victims in the military, but we know male victims exist as well. And if you'd like to hear an episode on male military victims or another subject that's important to you, let me know. Message me here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or send an email to me at 21bluelash at gmail.com. Amerisogyny is a free podcast. You're welcome to follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. If you found value in this episode, then I've done my job. Be easy. Have a good weekend. Thank you for listening. And God bless.